Welcome to It's a Beautiful Life. Hi, I'm Kathy Bixell, and thank you so much for joining me on today's program. On today's program, we are going to talk about having a fiery spirit and how to keep the flame of God burning in our hearts. I'd like to start the broadcast by looking at a portion of scripture in Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read to you out of the voice translation, verses 11 through 12. Now, in your uh, version, you may be reading the King James or even the New International, and I am sure you've heard this verse of Scripture before out of Romans chapter 12 that says to be fervent, where the Apostle Paul said to be fervent in spirit. Well, in the voice translation, I love how it translates that verse. It says, let your spirit be on fire, bubbling up and boiling over. Let your spirit be on fire, bubbling up and boiling over. And then he goes on to write, Do not forget to rejoice, for hope is always just around the corner. Hold up through hard times and devote yourselves to prayer. Those are some pretty powerful instructions by the Apostle Paul. He's telling us there's something that we can do to keep the fire of God uh, burning in us for us to stay hot for Jesus Christ, to stay on fire for Jesus Christ. Many of us know that, that uh, depending on what our circumstances are at any, at any time, that we can have hard times, that there can be hard times going on in the earth and in our, uh, in our workplace or in our personal lives. There could be hard times, but there is a solution that the Apostle Paul gives us as believers to prevail and overcome when times are difficult and challenging, and that is to remain hot to keep the fire of God burning hot within our hearts and to devote ourselves to prayer. So today, uh, on this first broadcast, I want to talk about that first part, which is to let our hearts be on fire, to be bubbling up and boiling over. That tells me that we have the capacity and the ability to for back, lack of a better word, be in charge of the level of the flame that's burning within us. He says, let not. In other words, I'm the one and you're the one who are responsible for maintaining our spiritual temperature. We are the ones who keep the thermostat set, right? One of my uh, favorite verses of uh, scripture in the Bible, and uh, when I'm teaching, you probably hear me say that all the time about something being my favorite verse. I just love the Word of God, and uh, there are certain what I call life verses, verses that I, for decades, have meditated on, and I have found them to be um, of importance in my own spiritual growth and vision. And one of those is found in Leviticus uh, chapter 6, verse 9, where we read that Moses had uh, been commanded by the Lord to tell Aaron to always keep the flame of God burning on the altar for the sacrifice, that that flame was never to be extinguished, was never to go out, was always to be kept burning. And I believe that that 
uh, picture of that flame always having to burn on the altar speaks to us of the importance of maintaining our own personal revival, keeping the temperature in our spiritual lives at a temperature that keeps us awakened, that keeps us strong in the Lord, not for the Lord, but strong in the Lord, and enables us to have the power to overcome in all our circumstances. What really happened here on the altar in Moses' day was that it was God who had been the one who lit the fire. That is why the fire was never to go out because God was the one who lit the fire. We see here uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 2, where Moses first encounters the Lord as fire. It reads that God appeared to Moses in flames of fire uh, from within the bush, Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but that the bush did not burn up. Do you remember that portion of scripture in Exodus, that encounter that Moses had with the burning bush? He was on, the, he was on Mount Horeb and sees that bush burning, but it wasn't burning up. It wasn't being devoured by the flame. The flame was just in the midst of the bush. So we come to find out that that set the precedent for how the Lord was going to reveal himself as a consuming fire. The book of Hebrews says that our God is a consuming fire. And then we find out in Leviticus chapter 9, verses 24, and I'm going to read that to you out of my Amplified Bible, that when they had uh, had the altar on the sacrifice, or the sacrifice on the altar, it said that there came a fire out uh, from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. The fire of God falling caused a reaction in the hearts of the people and in their lives. So that fire on the altar in the tabernacle in the wilderness where they would burn offerings, that fire that was lit by God himself was a revelation to the, to the Israelites of the reality of the presence and power of God. That fire, because it was lit by God himself, always indicated to them that God was real, that he was alive and that he was powerful. And we can see already a, a type of how the fire of God burns in the heart of the believer. Because when we are born again, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, and when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, our, our spirits become, uh, be, become lit by the power of God, and we now become that altar. Your heart is an altar for the fire of God to burn upon. And that fire for 40 years was a reminder to the Israelites in the wilderness in that tabernacle until the time that uh, King Solomon built the temple. And when King Solomon built the temple, once again, the fire fell in a way that God revealed himself to his people. Let's look at that scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. And when Solomon had finished praying, 
right? They are dedicating the temple. Just like, remember what we just read in the book of Romans, how we are to devote ourselves to prayer? You are now a house of prayer. You as a believer in Jesus Christ are a habitation of the Spirit of God. You are the house of God. The church building isn't, isn't, uh, the, the church building isn't the church. The, the church building is where we come to gather and worship God in community. But you are the house of God. You are the house of prayer. And just as we are going to read here that the fire fell in Solomon's day and that temple, the fire of God falls in your heart, comes in your heart and lights your heart fire. Amen. Lights that fire. And that fire is not to go out. That fire is not to be dis, uh, extinguished through problems and trials and fear and discouragement. And the only person that can keep that fire fueled is you. And I'm going to teach you how. So back at this scripture at the temple, it says, when Solomon had finished praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, uh, it consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. See, that's what happens when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The fire of God comes to fill our house and empower us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ and induce us. Us with a with a heavenly substance, the very uh, person of God Himself comes in us and enables us to be strong in Him and to overcome. That fire was the same fire. I believe that same fire that is the fire of God's love. It's the fiery heart of God's love and passion. For his people. And he it, it is emblematic of the love that burns in his heart for you. And so we see, right, that we see the fire before the law, we see the fire in the law, we see the fire at the in the temple, in uh in uh Solomon's temple, and then we see the fire uh used in other portions of scripture, but we, we see it coming on the day of Pentecost that when the Holy Spirit came, there was a lot of things that could have happened to them in the upper room. But what happened to them was that tongues of fire came. And there, were, there was a reason that tongues of fire came because the Jewish people knew, those people, those 120 gathered in that upper room, they knew what that fire meant. It meant that God was with them, burning in them and upon them, and that he would never leave them or forsake them, and that his presence would lead them and guide them, and that they themselves can be, uh, could be a house of God. Isn't that wonderful? But it was the fire of God, not any other demonstration. Of course, there was wind there as well, but it was the fire of God. And so back to what Paul said, he says to keep your spirit burning, keep your hearts aflame, be fervent in the spirit, be boiling over. So the way that we keep our hearts on fire is to stay near the flame. I've learned in my life that you know, the enemy will come and circumstances will come and difficulties will come. And if we are not watching that fire and we are not a keeper of our flame, we start to fizzle out. 
But what is wonderful is that we have the opportunity to come into the presence of God every day at any time in any place. And just as that fire fell in the temple, the fire, the fire of God's love comes, can come again and rekindle that what may seem like just a little smoldering wick in your spirit. We are really living in an exciting time where the Holy Spirit is being poured out wonderfully across the world. And in those places, in every place where there are hungry hearts, remember your heart is now the altar. We don't have the Old Testament uh, sacrificial system anymore. Now it's your heart that should ever be burning with the flame of God upon it. And the Holy Spirit is being poured out in wonderful ways. And when he comes, he ignites that, he reignites that, that fiery flame of love. Jesus had said in the book of Revelation that when Jesus appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos, he said in regards to, to believers that he, he, he would wish that we were either cold or hot, but we are lukewarm. You know, he desires that we be burning with a fiery love for him and for his kingdom. And so there are ways that, you know, life happens, things happen, and we can become weary, the Bible says, in well-doing. But we're not to be, become weary in well-doing. We are to stay, have our hearts aflame with the power and the presence of God so that we can overcome and that we can experience the beautiful life that God has for us, the good life, a life full of grace and glory. Listen to what it said here, when the fire of God fell in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It says that the fire came down from heaven, consumed the offering, the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And it says when all the people of Israel saw how the fire came, down and the glory of the Lord upon the house. They bowed with their faces upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord. And this is what they said when they praised the Lord, when they experienced the fire of God in their heart. They said, he is good. He is good for his mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. That is what the fire of God does. It causes you to rejoice over how good God is. And remember, we said the glory of God. We have taught on this broadcast that the glory of God is who God is and everything he has for you. So that rejoicing and that praise comes when our hearts are on fire. We see the goodness of God prevailing over all our circumstances. We see the goodness of God moving in our lives and uh, creating breakthrough in our, in, in our lives and in our circumstances. We see God being God in everything that is important to us. We are reminded just as that flame burned on the altar and burned in the temple to remind the Israelites of the presence of God being with them always. That is what happens in our hearts. We are reminded that he is good and his mercy endures forever. As we uh, end today's broadcast, we're, we're going to see that the flame of God stays burning in our hearts through praise, 
through worship, but through prayer. The primary way that the, the flame of God in, uh, remains hot in you and you maintain personal revival is through your own personal prayer life. The Apostle Paul says, keep burning and be devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. And so on our next broadcast, I want to uh, finish this exhortation to you and talk about the importance of prayer and in, in, uh, what happens in that intimacy in your relationship with God, that it is through that intimacy in your relationship with God that, that you remain hot and passionate for, uh, for Jesus Christ. You know, it's really important for you to remember that God has so much for your life, that there are plans and purposes and dreams that God has for your life, but the enemy also has a plan for your life. And it is the complete opposite of everything that the Father has purposed in his heart for you. And it is the presence of this flame of his love in your heart that is to serve as a reminder of his commitment, his love, his passion, his joy in the pleasure you bring him through fulfilling the destiny that he has for you. And as believers now in the day that we are living in, we can't afford to be lukewarm. We can't afford to just be, you know, lazy and passive. And we have to be the ones that, that come into the, the presence of God, to the throne of grace, and allow God's holy fire as we fellowship with him to keep our hearts aflame for him. Because there's power in that flame. Remember in the book of Acts how the, the people wondered how John, uh, Peter and John, had done all those amazing miracles and how the, uh, the apostles worked such wonders of glory among the people. And they said of them that they were, they were unlearned and they were ignorant men. That's what the, how they described them. But that the hallmark of their lives was that they had been with Jesus. And it is as we spend time with the fire, as we spend time in the throne room of God, as we spend time there, that our hearts remain uh, fueled, as we, as we buy oil, as my good friend Julie Meyer says, as we buy oil, it's in that place where we uh, spend our time. That's the currency. You're the currency. It's not by works of the flesh that we receive the fire. It's just by buying. It's the currency of our time being in the presence of God that the oil comes into our lamp and our fire never goes out. And that's God's plan and purpose for your life. So I thank you for joining me today. I encourage you to meditate on these scriptures. That was uh, Exodus chapter 3, and we read also in Leviticus chapter uh, 6, verse 9, and also 2 Chronicles chapter 7, where we read about the fire of God, and Romans 12, which was our opening verse. So meditate on these verses today. When you have the opportunity, read them, think about them. Think about how high your flame is. I know on my gas stove in my kitchen, there's, it, it doesn't burn by itself. I have to, you know, I have to turn it on. And in, when I make that analogy spiritually, God has already lit me. He's lit me. I'm alive. I'm awakened. I'm awakened to God. 
but I'm the one who keeps that temperature adjusted and monitors how hot that flame is. And so you need to do the same. Just think about that for today. God loves you. We love you here at Kathy Bixel Ministries. And we'll see you tomorrow where we will finish or when we will finish uh, up this message on burning, keeping a fervent, hot heart for Jesus Christ. In this three-part audio series, you will find scripture meditations for divine life, health, and wealth. As the scriptures are brought to life with the accompaniment of instrumental sounds, you will be encouraged by the power of God's spoken word. Meditations for divine life will set you free from that old life of sin, fear, addictions, and depression, releasing you into a life filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meditations for divine health gives you a daily dose of God's medicine and fills you in on all your benefits. Meditations for Divine Wealth edifies you to be like the Patriarch Isaac, who while meditating, looked up and saw his camels coming, which was God's provision. This set will elevate your faith to the forefront in calling these areas in your life as though they are. Visit KathyBixel.com to purchase your choice of either a CD or an MP3 download. That's K-A, T-H-Y-B-I-C-H-S-E-L.com, KathyBixel.com. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Bixel. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at beautifullifetv.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.